From Tally to Cali, it's time to wake up. Warchant.com is your ultimate seminal sports source. And this is Wake Up Warchant, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. One more, now here's Warchant.com's ass on Hunch of Andy and Corey Clark. What is up, everybody? It is Wake Up War Champ, presented by Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Coming up on today's show, another day of spring football, another day of observations from Corey and myself. Corner Pocket Bar and Grill, that is the presenting sponsor of Wake Up War Chant. Thursday nights, bingo. 7 p.m., test your bingo skills, win drinks, and prizes over at the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Before that, though, maybe grab some lunch, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., $8.99 lunch specials daily, Thursdays, cheesesteak sandwich or you can actually get a chicken philly if you prefer it that way it also comes with a side dish straight fries curly fries onion rings potato salad broccoli side salad tater tots or freshly cooked potato chips all that and more at the corner pocket bar and grill 2475 Appalachian parkway warchant.com the ultimate symbol sports source hit that thumbs up if you're on youtube five star rating and review if you're on an apple device please if you're not a member, come on. Only got a few more days left. $10, Corey, to be a member for four months at Warchant.com. Ten bucks, four months. Pretty, pretty, pretty decent. So hop aboard, everybody. Warchant.com, the ultimate level sports source. Corey, how are you, man? I'm good. I'd like to point out that uh, on Tuesday night, I was up at Corner Pocket, finished, uh, well, actually finished in a tie for a second at Trivia, but then mm. lost the tiebreaker. Oh. So if you have any idea the running time of the movie Gladiator, oh, um, we weren't close enough. Well, we weren't that far away, but we weren't close enough, so we finished fourth, even though we actually finished tied for second. What are you going to do? Uh, oh. Give me a guess. Let's hear it real quick off your dome. How, how many minutes? 139? 155. Ooh. Yeah, we said 171, um, and uh, yeah, the the team that won said 150. As oh, if, jeez. Yeah, I mean, they must have had the VHS box right in front of them. <laughs> Anywho, uh, so uh, so is it but, like Price is Right? Are you not allowed to go over? No, no, you can go over. So it's just whoever's closest. But uh, there, because Corner Pocket is so cool. Not only did they have the baseball game that was on going on yeah. against Bethune Cookman, the Knowles put up 10 again, just an offensive juggernaut right now. But when that was over, they put on Dong City. Because Florida Gulf Coast was playing Troy um, on Tuesday. And because Bill's a college baseball fan, he put one of the TVs on uh, Florida Gulf Coast and Troy. And uh, Dong City was victorious 10-6. Uh, to 6. Would, Via the Dong, or was it just manufacturing couple, runs? A j- couple Dongs. Uh, I think one was a grand slam by the cleanup hitter. Uh, so, But no, otherwise they manufacture some runs too. But two, the two, I mean, that's, that's not much for them after what they did this weekend. But still, nice showing. Good win. Troy was undefeated, apparently. Mm, check that out. All right, man, we'll be back out at practice on Friday, but before that, we'll have a live show for you folks tonight, 6 o'clock. You good, Corey? Putting you in the corner. You got Come on, man. I, I, w- I, maybe. Maybe. We'll have to have a production <laughs> meeting after after the fact um, uh, about that. We, we, we shall see. We're doing, a, we're doing a live show, though. We have to. We, uh, we don't have to. We really don't have to. We don't have to. We could do one next week. When it's not so health, when it's not so hectic in these parts, that would be my. I would vote for that um, than doing than doing one on uh, on Thursday. All right, well, <clears throat> but stay posted, everyone. <laughs> stay tuned. Oh man! Uh, meanwhile, over at Warchant.com, observations, stories, columns. Mm. 
after Florida State wrapped up day two of spring football Friday. They'll be back at it, and then they'll have a week off, a little bit of a spring break hiatus as school will be out. So we start on offense. Let's start on defense maybe, Corey. Ooh, throwing a curveball okay. at you. I thought one-on-ones, the defense came out to play. I don't know how much of that was maybe passes weren't where they needed to be, but I thought I thought defensive backs were in the – the neighborhood, maybe some, maybe getting a little handsy at times. Shout out Travis yeah. J. Travis mm. J. Uh, PBU on Jaheim Bell, our guy yeah. Pillar Ray Pereira posted in the YouTube comments. He would like for more insight into Travis J.'s play. He's out there at safety, yeah, uh, running with some of the elite units, if you will, at times. Uh, had that PBU on Jaheim Bell. I'm not saying he's gonna, you know, set the world on fire, but. I'm trying to monitor for you, Ray. But I thought during one-on-ones, man, they did a heck of a job staying with the receivers, lots of pass breakups. But then when they went to 7-on-7, 11-on-11, seemed like the offense kind of found their groove a little bit more. Not panicking or anything like, like that, everybody. I'm just sharing observations. Corey, what did you observe defensively? Yeah, I think that's a fair way to put it. I, I thought through the first two practices that Greedy Vance has been the best DB. Mm-hmm. That guy, and again, I'm talking specifically about one-on-ones and 7-on-7s seven without pads, mind you. Um, which everything's a little different without pass, but I just, that guy just keeps flashing at me, man. Better uh, than Renardo? Better than Renardo right yeah, now? I think so. I mean, okay. to me, just he's made more like kind of flashy pass breakup, almost interception, deflection type plays than Renardo. Renardo's always solid. But Greedy Vance, man, that's just a guy that, again, uh, the way he came on late in the year is somebody that I, you, you know, he kind of flies under the radar, but he could be a really big asset for this defense because uh, I thought he played well at the end of last season, and then he's fin- he's picked up right where he where he left off, I think. I thought Amarian Cooper made some nice plays in one-on-ones. Mm-hmm. Um, now, he's not a corner anymore, but, I mean, that, that still was a good thing when your safeties can guard people. Uh, but I also think you're right. I think as the day went on and they got into the 7-on-7s seven and the 11-on-11s, I thought the offense made more plays. Um, in the in the receivers and the quarterbacks looked better. But yeah, one-on-ones, man, I like the competition. I love the competition. I, I thought there were times last year where the, the DBs got dominated and there were times where it was even. I think right now it's pretty darn even through two games when you're talking specific, or two practices, when you're talking specifically about the one-on-ones. Um, yeah, I've liked what I've seen. And um, Greedy Vance, Jarian Jones, you mentioned Travis J. They all had uh, pass breakups. My man uh, from Mississippi, the freshman. Ooh, Quindarius Jones. Man, he... He Now, he struggled a little bit on Monday, so much so that I didn't even mention him. I'm like, he got beat pretty routinely by everyone out there. Well, if Wednesday's any um, y- y- any sign of how this kid's going to be, that's a really good one because he battled back mm. and I and was really impressive on Wednesday. He made, I think, three pass breakups, and then on 7-on-7, seven seven, he forced another incompletion with really tight coverage. Just the way he bounce back from what probably a, not any, a great easy first day for him. The way he kind of like, oh, this is how it's going to be. I guess I got to raise my level. And then that's exactly what he did. Like he he looked um, he looked just like all the other ones, right, Aslan? He fit yeah, right in. Absolutely. He just fit right in. That was uh, that was really cool to see. Yeah, you were like uh, exasperated. Like, who's 16? He's doing yeah. all this. I'm like, Squidarius Jones. So that's uh, incredible because, again, this was a very under-recruited Young man from a pretty talent-rich state. I mean, Meridian's practically Alabama as well, so a lot of SEC programs aware of that program. And Florida State got him and held on to him, and you know his primary recruiter left in Marcus Woodson, so he's here and uh, obviously a really good sign the way he was able to grow from from day one to day two. We'll see how things look really on Friday when the pads come on, Corey. But I mean, the only thing I can really make observationally from 
the defensive line, Jared Versal out there wreaking havoc when he, they let him, you know, during 11-on-11. Braden Fisk, to me, man, just got a real good look at him. The way his body is composed, man, if if he can play with the sort of leverage and the keys that Odell's going to coach with, man, he is so physically mature and so physically developed that him partnered side-by-side side with either Fabian or Daryl or, I mean, you pick two out of those three guys there. Josh Farmer, too. Again, he just is so freaking big. Um, Braden Fisk, to me, just so very relieved. I know right now he's maybe not fully where he wants to be right now because he is dealing with that that injury that he he brought along with him from Western Michigan. But, man, he's going to be a real good player. And then Gilbert Edmond, you know, asked uh, Coach Norvell about that after practice, whether he's a the guy they saw send the edge, being more of a disruptor coming off the edge, uh, you know, pressure on the quarterback. He said both, really well-developed guy. Sounds like they really had their eye on him for a long time, and uh, that's a guy that I, I think I was discounting uh, coming into this spring football. Seeing like Jared, Patrick Payton, you know, will Derek McLennan step up? And then after that, I was like, well, I'll kind of just put my arms up. But uh, that was an encouraging sort of display I thought I saw out of him. Uh, back-to-back reps, especially, I think, on 11-on-11 on uh, Wednesday. Yeah, and again, we have to caveat, couch everything by saying no pads. Yes. But he, again, when you're talking about somebody that looks the part, he is a big dude that moves pretty well um, and is quick. He's quick off the edge. He's got he's got enough in him that you wonder why he didn't produce more. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he had some nice games at South Carolina, but the, that body type and, and some of those skills he has, some of the athleticism he has, you wonder why he didn't have, like, a breakout season. Um, but maybe that's coming. Maybe he saved it for Tallahassee, which is every, what, what everyone's wanting. But, yeah, man, you know, we talked to Tatum Bethune afterwards, too, and he just talked about the defensive line in general and, um, and how much easier it makes his job as a linebacker to have – guys like that really all in front of them like uh, at every position that that defensive line if it stays relatively healthy um again you you might have you saw what uh jackson looks like you've seen him up close three times that guy might not start probably won't i mean who is he going to start over fisk love it like those two guys are probably your starters you've got daryl jackson you've got um josh Farmer. farmer looks like a different i mean he was already big he's bigger um, he, he's a big monstrous dude to go along with, um, you know, other defensive ta- tackles, obviously Daniel Lyons, you hope takes another step. Now, again, it's hard to say any of these guys have had great practices because quite frankly, we don't watch a lot of the lineman stuff because they're going through drills with themselves and it's a lot of teaching and it's like hand placement. And it's just, it's so, um, it's so specific. It's hard to say. Oh man, it's very well, he clinical. Didn't have his, it's very clinical. Yes, yeah. he didn't have his. He didn't shuffle his feet at the exact right moment there, or get him to the. He didn't get to the exact right spot, or have his hands in the right place. We'll know so much more once the pads come on on Friday. But um, size wise and athleticism wise, that defensive line, you know, Patrick Payton, uh, you, you know, just, you well, you know all the names. You guys know all the names. But Edmund coming in and being, Edmund's going to be in the rotation. Yes. Like and he, you when you see his body, folks, you'll see why he looks like a guy that should be in a rotation, like Florida State. Like, and I was thinking about that today, like looking at this defensive line in its totality. Well, it now looks like an LSU defensive line. You've got different body types. You've got Edmonds and Burses and Paytons who are long and angular, um, but put together, they're not they're not Toshman Stevens. They're not not 190 strong pounds. Reference, strong reference. Right, hey man, I'm going way back, and they're not those guys. They're guys that are they're long and angular, but they're they're muscular and and big. And then you've also got those just hosses in the middle. And I'm telling you, Fisk, 
Like, he can't do much right now, um, but he can do a little. And his quickness for that size is really impressive. And then Jeff pointed out on the other side of the ball real quick, and this is, again, we'll know so much more once it, once it really starts. But uh, Jeremiah Byers and the way he moves at that size. Yes. He runs like, obviously he's not as fast as like a 5'10 a, a running back. But the way his body moves as it's running, and he runs from drill to drill. Most of them do, but he sprints. And he's also, when, they, when they're practicing like a screen or something that gets him out on the edge, he runs so naturally for somebody that big. He is so light-footed. Uh, you can see why he was such a, a, a hot commodity, man. He, it's that size, but it's just sheer athleticism to go with it. It's all, it looks like a top-10 college football team we're looking at. Just on the line of scrimmage, that doesn't even count the guys we're about to talk about with the quarterbacks and the receivers and everybody. He talks to Jeremiah Byers. Yes, he does. He's got opinions. He likes to share them. Um, so before they, I think before they went to 11-on-11, 11 11, as they were winding down, uh, doing some goal line red zone throws, uh, I did see Antavius Woody win a rep, but they were all huddled around each other. It's a very intimate setting, and it's hard to kind of uh, tell what's going on. Did see Jeremiah Byers win a rep and, and let the person know about it. Yeah. Saw Antavius Woody defensively. He had a really good rep and won one of those ones where everybody started running at him and smacking him on his helmet. So he's a guy that's he's currently being indoctrinated, baptized in the Odell Hagen School for yeah. Interior Defensive Linemen. And uh, it's I mean, like Odell does this thing where he he has you hitting the dummy or the sled. And, man, he'll just have you just chop, keep chopping your feet. He'll push his hand down on your lower back. He'll be like, all right, put your hips up. Keep moving your feet. Keep moving your feet. And it's just such it, – it borders on absolute just, I, I, like, anguish for the kid. And, like, and Davis was like, coach, I'm trying. Like, he had such a – he had such a sincere, like, coach, I'm trying, man. Just yeah. give me four seconds of catching my breath. And it was so respectful, though. And Odell, like, gave him a breather for – maybe 1.2 seconds, but then later on practice, it was good to see him uh, sticking with it and then you know having a good rep there in a, in a one-on-one situation. I do want to give a shout-out real quick, Corey, to, to the strength staff, specifically Lanier Coleman. He okay. is the absolute – I mean, Storm's a big dude. They're all pretty big dudes, but Lanier Coleman is just the absolute enforcer of that sort of segment, I think. And he, last year, was pretty much in charge of, of bringing Fabian back to health, like working with him on his – his rehab, which obviously, you know, he came back kind of earlier maybe than he would want to kind of get some games under his belt, but then couldn't finish out the season. But, like, Lanier Coleman is now, again, working with Fabian and Fisk. And, man, to have a guy like that on your strength staff, that I think he had a cup of coffee in the league. But, man, he's just he's on those guys, and, like, you can just tell he's giving them a little bit more than they would get from just a regular old, you know, whatever strength kind of guy background that they would have. A guy like that, to have a guy like that on your staff that has real practical experience playing the position, is on the strength staff, understands rehabilitation and all those things and how to ramp guys up. That's what makes me feel really good about Fisk and, and you know, because Lovett's ready to go right now, but Fisk will be ready when it's time. So I just want to give him a shout-out real quick. All right. I'm sure, hey, you know what? I'm sure he appreciates yeah. it. Uh, and, yes, he is an enormous individual. He is on a football sideline on a Saturday. He is the one, even without pads, that stands out like, oh my gosh, look at that guy. And he's around a bunch of enormous dudes yeah. and a bunch of really strong guys. He's the guy out of those guys just looking. At, I'm sure he's very, very strong as well. But he's the guy when you see him, you're like, oh my gosh, that is that is a mountain of a human being. He could have been the mountain in uh, Game of Thrones. True. What was the other one? What was his brother? The uh, Hound? Yeah, the Hound. Yeah, yeah he could have been Gregor. the mountain or the Hound. He was enormous. 
Gregor Klain. McLean? Not McLean. I don't know. I love the Hound, though. Good job, Corey. Way to bring it hey, back man. to All Thrones, right. Well, Game man. of Thrones action. Yeah. yeah we, we never did anything about a House of Dragon, though. We need to figure out. I haven't it. watched it. Oh, I, you I, have? I think, no, Game of Thrones, the end of the, the last season bothered me so it. much really? that I, I'm like, I don't know if I can start up another one. I oh. did. An, I mean, that was 10 years of my life, gang. Mm. I don't know if I can start back up. VitaminEnergy.com. Fitness, energy, health, all in one convenient shot. Great tasting energy of seven or more hours with no sugar crash because there's no sugar in it. It is non-GMO. It is kosher certified as well. The Burner Plus, energy and performance, packed all in one, Corey. Thermogenic fat burner. Uh, this is next on my uh, my list to try out. The pomegranate acai, which I think you've tried. You've had the pomegranate mm, yeah, acai. You're I did. a fan of That's, it, huh? That was my, probably the, uh, out of the, well, I don't know, what, six, seven flavors I've tried right now. I think that's still my favorite. All right. Well, I'm going to get the thermogenic fat burner going on in my life. I'm going to be down to single digits on my, my, my body fat percentage. You know, okay. sure all these guys are talking. I'm seeing all this uh, inspiration out there when I'm watching Florida State practice. Uh, Florida State alums at the helm of vitaminenergy.com giving you folks the promo code WARCHANTBOGO to use over at vitaminenergy.com, all one word, WARCHANTBOGO. It's easy. Go on to vitaminenergy.com, add an item to your cart, get an item of equal or lesser value for absolutely free. Not everybody can do this. It's just for you folks that listen to Wake Up WARCHANT. Well, your friends, too, if you let them know about the promo code, but they're, they're hooking you up because they like you that much. Give it a try. Give it a shot. Shake it and take it. VitaminEnergy.com. Again, the promo code, WarChant, B-O-G-O. Corey, you've been rocking some of the shirts, too, by the way, real quick, right? You like the swag. You look good in it. You look real good Oh, thanks, it. buddy. Yeah, I like the one that was nice and form-fitting. Maybe a touch too small, but that's what Daddy was shooting for. That's right. But it's, it's cool swag, man, and I like representing this company. Mm. I like that it shows off the work I've been doing. That's right. So it's, it's, it's win-win. So if you see me around town in Tallahassee, uh, or wherever you live, if I happen to be in your town, um, and you see that, and you see me wearing a cool-looking energy shirt with like a lightning bolt, yeah. that's what I'm doing. VitaminEnergy.com promo code WarChamp when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, offensively, Corey, quarterbacks. Tate Rodemaker, yeah, out there pushing the ball down the field. Not, I mean, listen, everybody, Jordan Travis is the starting quarterback. He's a Heisman contender. Over the moon about him coming back. Looking what's going on behind him. Man, Tate just goes out there and looks for guys 15 or more air yards down the field. I like it a lot, Corey. I like it a lot. Yeah, I, I do too. He, uh... He is a capable, competent, maybe more than that, uh, backup and, and can end up being a, a very good college quarterback. And I just – it's so big. And I, I talked about it at the time. I was wondering what was going on because we hadn't seen an announcement. That was so big when he decided to come back. Mm. I just – that is such a – it's not an insurance policy, and he's not Jordan Travis. So there will, you will take a hit. There will be a dent in production – and the way the offense moves. But the difference between Tate Rodemaker and the guys behind him, in my opinion, 
is smaller than the difference between Jordan Travis and Tate Rodemaker. Well said. Does that make well, sense? Yes. Yeah. I follow. And, and, and look, man, those guys, I thought uh, um, Mike Norvell – Mike Norvell said what I wrote on uh, Monday. He he taught, he came back on Wednesday and said that A.J. Duffy on Monday had by far the best practice he's had since he's been here. Mm-hmm. And I, it's like he reads my – you think Mike Norvell reads my observations when he gets in after practice I'm pretty on sure Monday night? I'm pretty sure – I think someone told me that he gets them printed out and, like, left on the, his windshield. Like right, oh, like so a, when like he's driving home. Almost. Yeah, so he yeah. grabs it, and he's, he's reading at the stoplights and stuff on the way home to his lovely <laughs> That's family. That's fair. Mike, I, I appreciate it. You know he listens. Yeah. Big-time listener. Uh, don't, don't read and drive. That's almost as bad as drinking and driving. We just don't want you distracted. Yes. But read it because it's the truth, everyone. So, yeah, he just comes out and parrots what I wrote two days before. That's just what Mike Norvell does. But anyway, he talked about A.J. Duffy and how, um, how good he looked on Monday, and he did. It was his best. It was by far the best practice he had had. And I thought he built on that a little bit. He had some bad moments. He had some AJ, what was that moments? Um, but he also, I thought, a really cool moment for Duffy. We'll get back to Rodemaker in a second because I know that's who you brought up. But um, he made a really bad, I can't remember exactly what happened, but I remember even writing it in my phone, bad throw 10. Um, he rolled out like, to his left. You were yes, so correct. critical of that. I was saying it's well, it wasn't. It, it, it wasn't close. It wasn't okay. close to a. It wasn't like he made uh, the. It was a tight window. It was just a. He gave the guy no chance, and he was trying to give the guy a chance. He wasn't like throwing it away or throwing it where only his guy could get it. It was just a bad throw to a guy that was open rolling. But he was rolling to his left, sprinting to his left, really, and that's tough. The very next play, I think it was the very next play. It was. It was. He rolls out to his right, which is easier for a right-handed quarterback, clearly, but it ain't easy. And he's rolling out to his right, uh, almost sprinting, and rips one, like a 30-yarder to Jaheim Bell, who was being tightly covered by, I think, Stephen Dix. Um, and, uh, it I don't was know about just, 30 yards, but, yeah, it was it – was, it, was it, it was a rope down the sidelines, yeah, right? Yes, like, correct. it was a rope. Uh, maybe 22 to 28, 30, somewhere in there. Uh, but it was it was the most impressive throw I think I've seen Duffy make since he's been here. Just, it looked like, man, that is a next-level throw. It wasn't, you know, an, oh, that guy's open, let me just get it to him. It was a, I have to throw this with pace, I have to throw it with urgency, I have to throw it with everything I have, and it came out like a cannon. It got right where to where it had to be to a guy that wasn't wide open, and it was in a perfect spot. And I just was like, okay, A.J. Duffy, there's the ceiling I've been looking for. And so to come off what he did on Monday, where he, he played as well as he has since he's been here, and to then look like that again today and make a few throws like that, maybe not to that level, but good throws, not too many horrific throws, I, I, was, I felt good about it, man. Mm. And the Brock Glenn kid, I just think I, I like what I see. I like the cut of his jib after oh, two practices. All right. All right. Put that on a shirt. <laughs> Seriously, we're gonna have wake up war chant shirts. I want. Uh, I don't know how to spell jib. jib. I think it's G I B. I want. I was but it say could be J I B. It could be J I B. You're right. It probably is J I B. Um, listen, you did a really good job on Tuesday show, Corey, of making sure that we mentioned Marquise and Douglas at some point in the show as we were talking yeah. about everybody. And not that anybody at home is complaining, but I just want to let everybody know that I know you're, you're so excited because you're hearing about Jarrell Powers maybe coming on. Obviously, you know about Kyle Morlock. He's six foot seven. He's 250 pounds or whatever he is right now. Moves really well. And obviously, Jaheim Bell, maybe NFL draft pick, high caliber kind of guy. Um, 
you're going to see a lot of Marquise and Douglas still, everybody. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Nobody was pushing him out, Corey. I know that that wasn't the case. And whenever he does make a catch, it seemingly towards the end of the season was for a first down or a really crucial uh, play. But, man, he just – you look at all these guys that have a tight end, and they like all of them. And, man, Marquise is just out there keeping on, keeping on. it, And, like, it's so refreshing to kind of see him. Because we talk about Maurice Smith, right, like staying focused despite all the – you know, competition that's seemingly been brought in year after year since he's been here. Man, Marquise and Douglas is a guy that, you know, already had a guy like Brian Courtney maybe kind of nipping at his heels towards the end of last year, and then we know Bell comes in, Morlock comes in, and he just, he's like Jason Witten out there. Like, he just knows how to move his body and position mm. it and shield the defender, and he's so sure-handed. It's just it's incredible to see because we go over all these playmakers they have, and then you look at a guy like Marquise who, you know, might not be the most, you know, just – gallivanting, not gallivanting, but gallant-looking uh, dude, but he just is so consistent and steady. And it's like, man, that that's – I don't even know what option you would put him. We're going to have a preseason top 40. I don't know where he's going to be on it. I don't know where a lot of these guys are going to be on it, Corey. There's just so many dudes. It's going to um, be a better top 40 than it's been, though. <laughs> it is. Um, like somebody like Trey Benson or, or uh, Love It might not even be in the top six. I mean, who knows? There's, they got so many guys. Or Jaheim oh, Bell. Don't say. Um, wait, there's no way. I mean, look, man, we can do it. Let's do it real quick. Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Jeremiah Byers, in my opinion, Johnny Wilson. Well, now you're at four. Trey Benson, then. Okay, but then Fabian Lovett's. Yeah, no, I'm with you. Okay, I got you though. But when you say Trey Benson, that and listen, oh not... yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, look, man, I think, uh, yes, Trey Benson's. I don't. I would still say that like, um, Braden Fisk might be as impactful as Trey Benson because I just feel like Mike Norvell is always Trey Benson's a, a, a unique guy, but Mike Norvell is always going to have an offense that has a bunch of has a guy that runs for or guys that run for a lot of yards. They're just going to there. You Trayshawn Ward ran for six or 700 Toa Feely, Rodney Hill. Those guys will run for yards. There aren't a lot of Braden Fisks around. And the point being, that's where this is now. Like we, we Braden Fisk might be top eight, top 10. And you're talking about one of the best transfers in the entire country. Casey Roddick, top 25. I don't know, man. Yeah, it yeah. It's nuts. Uh, Micah Pittman, 15. Who, who knows? But going back to Marquise, then you compared him to Jason Witten. I, I see a little more Tony Gonzalez in him. Oh. Or maybe a Travis Kelsey. Really? Just, uh, no, no, I'm joking. Okay. I'm uh, not he, he, he's, not, he's not at that level athletically as, as those guys. He's not clearly going to have the career that those guys have. But you are absolutely right to point out that again on Wednesday, um, he didn't make the most impressive catch of the day. That was another tight end, actually. Preston Daniel yeah. made two great catches. Um, so he's like, don't forget about me with all this Marquiston talk. True. But uh, but Marquiston made another about 20, 25-yard catch, being well covered, I think, by Bethune uh, on a throw from Jordan, kind of behind him, snatched it over Bethune in the middle of the field. And, yes, that guy is going to play. Um, that is cool to see. I, I joked after that catch that he's going to make Jaheim transfer back to South Carolina. He's <laughs> like, y'all didn't tell me y'all had this. What is this? Am I ever going to get a pass? Um, all that all that happens here is your coach yells at me because I don't hold the ball high and tight enough after I make my catches. But I, I think that tight end room, um, with the addition of Morlock, who had three or four big catches on Wednesday, including the last one that I think went for a went for a touchdown or would have, um, it was against not the best defenders on the team. Let's put it that way. But either way, that tight end room, man, is 
could you say it's elite or close to elite now? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we're like not, it's not it's not it's Georgia. Georgia. Yeah, it's no, but nobody is. Right. I mean, that Washington kid's going to be a first round pick, and he was the second best tight end on the team. So it's not going to be that, but it's there won't be a better tight end room in the conference, probably. Oh, for sure. And, yeah. Well, yeah. and yeah, man, I just that's big bodies that can move and catch. That's a fun place to be, man. And what's cool about it is when they do the one on ones. Um, those tight ends are going up against DBs. They don't have them just do a go up against linebackers because they know Jaheim Bell can dust any linebacker. He's going up against um, who did he go up against? I think he went up against like Greedy Vance or somebody. Like he's going up against real corners and running with them. He it's just, and then Marquise and you're right is a huge body that proved that he can make plays in big moments and big games and is and has really showed out the first two practices. He's been really good. Saw Casey Roddick snapping the football. Yeah. Um, they got a lot of big – yeah. I mean, I'm Team Maurice. I'm not anti-Casey Roddick. I'm Team Maurice. But I think I saw, the uh, offensive line coach is Team Maurice too. I Just seeing Casey Roddick like, in his stand snapping the ball, I'm like, wow. That's Yeah, oh, I know. That's I saw it thick, too. Thick human no, being. You know, and Tom Lang has brought it up that we when we did the uh, pre-spring roundtable – he thinks there might be three starters on three new starters on the offensive line. I think he thought Roddick at center would be one of them. Right. Yeah. And I I disagreed, but only in only because not because of skill level, but because of what how Alex Atkins talks about Maurice Smith yeah. and the fact that he stayed around when Caden Lyles came in and stuck out stuck it out, got hurt in Jacksonville in the, at that practice, and then still ended up playing essentially the whole season. Alex Atkins loves him some Maurice Smith. Um, so it is going to take, I've made this comparison before, I think this is apt. For Casey Roddick to win that job, he is going to have to be, he's going to be a heavyweight champion, one of those heavyweight fights where you have to clearly beat the champ. Like you almost have to knock him out. It has to be not close for you to win the title. Otherwise, the benefit of the doubt goes to the, the champion. That's how it's going to be with Maurice Smith. You are going to have to clearly be better than him. Like, where where everybody where where it would be no contest even Maurice would understand, like that's how. But otherwise, you know, Roddick could be guard too. You know, he's played guard. He that's the beauty of this offensive line, though. Is if say if I don't know that Maurice can play another position, I know Roddick can. So the mixing and matching that Atkins will do is like okay, is are we best with Byers at tackle or guard? Are we best with Roddick at center or guard? Are we best? You know what I mean. Yeah. Are we best with Armella on the field or with Byers at tackle? Are we are we best with this combination or that combination? And it's not combinations of crap. They're so, good combinations. Yes. Like they're all they're all combinations that you could be happy with. It's not just lipstick on a pig or shuffling the deck chairs on the Titanic or whatever dumb metaphor I want to use. It's like legit. It's like shuffling the deck chairs on a a Royal Caribbean. Yeah, that's right. Right. Yeah, I'll be there next week, gang. I'll be there somewhere in the Bahamas in a Royal Caribbean. The NFL season's over, college football's over, but man, that offseason is so much shorter, Corey, when you, you have a, a bowl game that you are in, so we're a full go into spring football. But when that March Madness thing starts happening here, everybody, you want to go to mybookie.ag, sign up, use the promo code WARCHANT, enjoy your cash deposit bonus instantly into your account. It is Champ Week, I guess they call it now, Corey. Um... Pitt versus Duke. Duke giving away five and a half in Greensboro, Corey. What do you think about that one? I 
man, Pitt, I, I, I feel like Pitt might be a better team. They're certainly a more experienced team, but it is going to be a home game for Duke. I don't think Pitt basketball travels real well, Aslan. No. And Duke, I don't know if you know this, is in North Carolina, which is oh, where the tournament is. Okay. So I'm going to begrudgingly pick Duke to cover the five and a half. Okay. I think it'll be close for most of the game. And then you know how it is. Fouls late. Maybe Duke goes on one of those patented runs and turns a four-point lead into a 14-point lead, and the game's over. Don't forget the My Bracket Contest at MyBookie. $150,000 American dollars up for grabs. $25,000 if you win the thing. $20,000 if you're in second place. And then 100000 more out there in cash prizes. All this over at MyBookie.ag. Use that promo code WARCHANT to maximize your experience where you can bet anything, anytime, anywhere. Corey, Florida State on Tuesday night. Winners over Bethune-Cookman. Uh, doing what they had to do, doing the thing. They've mm -hmm. got Pitt in town this weekend in which several Florida State greats will be honored on Friday uh, before the game, and then Saturday's the Buster Posey right. retirement. Number, jersey retirement? What, what You explained this before, Corey, very eloquently. I don't want to. No, I think in baseball they do actually retire the numbers. Okay. okay. Uh, because there aren't as many. Like, you know, it's so right now, I think right now it's just J.D., uh, Dick Hauser and Mike Martin. So there's only th so nobody can wear 39. Nobody can wear 11. And then with Buster, nobody will ever be able to wear uh, what was it eight? Yeah, eight. Um, come on, Clark, you should have known that off the top of the head. Uh, so yeah, they're going to retire his number uh, at Saturday. And as we all hope, he's going to cut a huge check to show his uh, gratitude. And uh, <laughs> they will start rebuilding Hauser over by the uh, intramural fields in front of College Town. Uh, and we'll call it Poseyville or okay. Busterville. Whatever right. he wants it to be known as, that will what it what will be known as for all eternity. Lincoln Busters, like the arcade, you know, Lincoln Busters. Or oh, something. okay. There no, you go. That's nice. Nice. Yeah, something like that. Uh, also, uh, since we last talked to everybody, Florida State's basketball season for the men mercifully came oh, to yes. an end. Uh, you tweeted you don't want to talk about it anymore, Corey, after your tweet. But I don't know. Jim Beheim's out there. Do you want to see if uh, you know him and – Leonard want to team up, do some kind of uh, grown-ups part four or something, you know, just uh, bring it home one more time. Right. Maybe Leonard was waiting out Bayheim because now he's the oldest coach and the, the most tenured coach, uh, one of the most tenured in the country. He's got to be top three or four. Yeah, um, yeah man, uh, that's – look, man, uh, Jim Bayheim has had more success. I guess you'd say he's a better coach than uh, Leonard Hamilton. Um, I would take Leonard Hamilton ten times. I mean, he's just a better person. I, you watch what you watch how Bayheim even on on Wednesday his retirement is just what? he's just an odd weird cantankerous man and I feel like he's been an old man since he was 29 <laughs> one of those just grumpy old can you be there's no you there's no age limit on how young you can be to be a grumpy old man right and I just right. feel like he's been a grumpy old man since he was 30 well said. um and it just it, it feels like he's always been like that so um it'll be cool to get that zone out of this conference play some real basketball. He had a great he had a great run there. They were incredible there for about 25 years. It feels like he's just been hanging on for the last 8 or 10. Um and uh, yeah, he left. So sorry for that. Uh as for the Florida State basketball team that lost to Jim Beheim um earlier this year. Um that was uh just a dive just I mean, what do you even say? I don't even want to go into it. I didn't see the uh, end. What happened? They lost at the free throw line with two tenths yeah, of man. a second left. Yeah, so there was so George they have a lead, they have a two point lead. First off, they have a four point lead with two minutes left on like a core hand layup. And then he gets a foul ninety feet from the basket. I had the volume down, so I don't even know what the foul was, but they fouled a guy ninety feet from the basket. So you're up four like two minutes to go. 
And Georgia Tech's going to start, pre you know, they're going to, there's a lot of pressure on that next possession. Like, we got to score here. The game might be over. And instead, you just give them two free throws. They make them both. Anyway, um, Georgia Tech ties the game at 60 with, I believe, 58 seconds left on the, uh, on the game clock. How long is the shot clock in college basketball, Aslan? It's a little trivia for you. 35? 30. It used to 30. be 35. It used to be 45. It used to not be one at all. Um, but 30 seconds. Okay. So what do you think? Just doing some quick math. If you got the ball inbounded in a tie game with 58 seconds left, you would get two possessions for their one possession. Yeah, because two for one. you you get a two for one. You've got it's the the shot. You, it's almost impossible not to do it. But Florida State managed. They they just passed over their weird zone for 25 seconds. Didn't attack at all. Uh, now Darren Green actually did get a pretty good look at an open three uh, in a rimmed out. And then Georgia Tech went down, for the held for the last shot, missed it, got the rebound, got fouled, and uh, made one of the free throws with .2 seconds left to uh, win the game. Now, if Florida State had maybe gone a little quicker and understood the concept of a two-for-one, even when Darren Green misses and Georgia Tech scores to take the lead, you still have, I don't know, seven seconds to for Cleveland, or I know he was hurt, but for Cleveland or somebody else to throw in a miracle. But no, they, uh, they somehow didn't get a two-for-one with 58 seconds on the clock. And they lost the game, which is just as well. Uh, Georgia Tech lost on Wednesday to Pitt. Florida State would have lost to Pitt, especially because Cleveland got hurt and did something to his ankle. And it's just, let's be done with the season. 9-23, and 23, didn't get to double-digit wins. The football team had more wins than the basketball team. It's pretty gross. It was awful. It was an awful season. Reset. Leonard said after the game that next year starts today. And I hope he takes that seriously and completely um, – you know he's got a he's got one two who knows how many years left, completely uh, retools this roster, reshapes this roster, and at least can figure out a way to go out not on top but not on the absolute bottom somewhere in the middle, maybe a little closer to the top. That's the beauty about college basketball though, Aslan. For real, is you get three big time transfers, two or three big time transfers. All of a sudden you're a tournament team. You don't need twenty. You don't need to reshape. You don't need you don't need to jettison fifty guys. You need to jettison five. And you need to bring in three guys that can really play, and all of a sudden it changes the complete complexion of your team. So hopefully that's what will happen. Do they want to come? I mean, I guess because they are transfers, so kind of by their nature they're mercenaries to a certain degree. I mean, it it's not that hard, we hope, to get three fairly high-level players to maybe a coach that's kind of on his last leg here. You know, you might not be here for two years if you're trying to hang out in Tallahassee for two years. We'd love to have you, but – we can't maybe guarantee who your coach is going to be. I mean, right? Is any of that maybe a no? I don't. I don't think thing? so because of. Uh, I think on the recruiting trail, absolutely, it's going to be hard to recruit with with people not knowing who their head coach is going to be. But with a transfer who might only be here for a year, yeah. And he knows, okay, Leonard's going to be here for at least one year. Um, then yeah, that's fine. I'm going to go. I'm going to go get to play in the ACC. I'm going to get to go play in these great arenas um, for a great coach. For a program that used to be really good, and hopefully you can get back there again. I think that'll be enticing enough. What they've got to do is make better decisions in the portal. They've got to they've got to figure out like you know they've got to do what Norbell has done and try to find culture fits. Like Caleb Mills clearly wasn't it, um, and I, I'm not trying to kill the kid. He might be back here next year, maybe with other players around him. He would uh, he would thrive. Better players around him. But I don't know. Maybe it's not an accident that Houston went to the Final Four after he left and is now number one in the country. Like, you know what I mean? Like, That's I, not I, fair. I, it probably isn't, but they clearly didn't miss him. Yeah. And 
uh, he he just not he. Anyway, so that that either way, that's not a transfer that that kept the program afloat. Darren Green is a good shooter, um, sometimes elite, yeah, but know. a good shooter. But he is just not good enough defensively for a place like this. And I don't. I think they wanted him to be more more like a PJ Savoy type, like just play twelve to fifteen minutes a game. And if he's feeling, if he's hitting his threes, he can play more than that. But he turned into a guy that had to play thirty five minutes a game, and he's just not he wouldn't have played three years ago. He wouldn't have been on that team because he can't, he couldn't guard well enough and he can't rebound. He, he just wouldn't have fit in with Vassell and Forrest and those guys as well as he could shoot. They, they, they just got to go. If they're going to go in the portal, it's fine. Go get some talented dudes. Um, and I hope Darren Green stays because he is a, he is a nice piece. Having a guy that can shoot like that at that level is a nice piece. He's not a 35 minute a game piece and they've got to go get some guys that can, that are that are very good college basketball players and tough and def, and will defend and care about defending uh that that's what that so he, that was my point is Leonard's got to go he's got to go in the portal and get guys that fit his system a little bit better than I think he did maybe um with those two in particular you know who also listens to wake up or chant that's in college athletics and administration Keith Carter uh, the AD at Ole Miss, they apparently are they're going to go out for Chris Beard, Corey. So. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. I saw that. They're, well, they're going to do their due diligence first, right? Right, right. Into the, uh, into the encounter, whatever, what do we call those? Not incident he had with his girlfriend. And the due diligence they will do is they'll, they'll read the police report for that, and then they'll go look at, like, the Texas Tech media guide. And then they'll <laughs> go look at how good Texas was when he was there, and they'll go, yeah, we did our due diligence. We want him to be our coach. Yeah, that's uh, probably right. what will happen. The due diligence will be looking at his uh, his Wikipedia page and how many how many games he's won because he is a terrific basketball coach. Apparently, not a terrific human being. But when has that mattered in college athletics? Yeah. The SEC, man, they just they find ways to means you know, more. Just means more, right? Wash it away. Wash yeah. it all away. All right, that's a wrap for us. I don't know if we're going to be live later, everybody. Uh, you know, check. You should be following everything on follow War Chan on yeah. Twitter, follow Wake Up War Chan on Twitter, be a member, be a subscriber of WarChant.com, WarChant TV. Listen to the Jeff Cameron show from one to three o'clock to tide you over while we figure out what we're gonna do. Um, I don't know. In any event, if we're not live, will we? Will we do like a renegade? I don't know, we'll talk about it. Corey, yeah, we'll I'll have a show. It. We'll definitely have a show. It just might not be a live show for the masses. That maybe we'll save that for next week. But yeah, we'll talk about it as soon as we get done talking right now. Okay, cool. Uh, thanks for listening again, everybody. If you get that thumbs up on your way out, surely we, we earned it, made you laugh, or gave you some good information that makes your day a little bit better. So uh, do that. We'd appreciate it. He's Corey. I'm Aslan. Thank you for listening to Wake Up Board Champ, presented by the Corner Pocket Bar and Grill.